Welcome to episode 38 of the Lace Them Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. Last week was probably our biggest week as far as uh, prep material goes and organizing the show. This is probably our second biggest week yep. because everything happened, including a couple of stunt. A couple of stunning one-for-one trades, okay. and uh, okay. this big-name free agent that didn't become a free agent will uh, explain uh, later on, and we'll also talk about um, where the free agents have gone, who signed who, for how much, for how long, uh, who won and lost on draft day, and uh, also uh, a lot of other uh, footnotes that you should probably be aware of. And uh, also going to mention, uh, before the show ends, who hasn't been signed yet. Um, but again, we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end of the program. Uh, before we get underway, though, uh, shout-outs to all the players past and present who have done the number 38 in the National Hockey League. Pavel Dimitra, probably the biggest name out there, the late Pavel Dimitra. Um, guys like Bradshaw, Brad Boys, Jan Bulis, uh, Nolan Baumgartner got a big year in Vancouver in 0506, and that was pretty much it, but... Um, Still, still good enough to make this list. Um, as was Sean Hill, uh, Cristobal Huey, and Mark Denis, who wore number thirty-eight in 09 with Montreal. Um, Vladimir Malakov. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Vladimir Malakov um, had some big years uh, early on with the Islanders. Uh, respectable NHL career. Uh, Vladimir Ruzicka also a huge year with Boston in 91-92. Just. Didn't really play long enough to establish himself. Boone Jenner, he's probably going to have plenty of huge seasons in his NHL career. And uh, in 04 and 06, Chris Kunitz wore number 38. So to all the players past and present in the NHL who have worn number 38, this podcast is for you. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. So, um, yeah, so this is the social media aspect of it. Um, lace them up. Uh, lace up podcast uh, is our Twitter. Uh, lace them up is our Facebook. Uh, Gmail us. Email us at uh, laceupbag at gmail.com. Um, you know, any questions, feedback, whatever. Um, also, uh, you, you're probably listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes. Um, you know, don't forget to rate us on SoundCloud and follow us on, I mean, (laughs) follow us on SoundCloud and, uh, get a rate us on iTunes. Um, yeah. Uh, Very honestly, because we, 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 anything we, anything you want us to do to make the show sound better. Uh, we will take into consideration. Yeah, rate honestly, but also give us five stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the, uh, I, I do have to, before we get started, I do have to announce some stuff. Um, first off, as you can probably tell, this is going to be a long episode. Um, so we tr- I try, I'm going to try to keep it under two hours, but no promises. Um, yeah, um, and then after this episode, we're going to go two weeks. Um, every It's going to be a new episode every two weeks. Um, yeah, bi- just bi- bi-weekly episode until, until, until the season starts. Um, yeah. We have some stuff planned, too. Like, uh, we'll probably, we have some, like, rankings thing that we, uh, that we still have to work out, like, in terms of players. Like, um, we still have to work out uh, how we're going to do that. We may do more of what we did last year before the season, like uh, projections and um, um, like off-season preview, like a season preview kind of thing. So uh, yeah, get fo- look forward to that. Also, I'm planning on uh, creating a website, and that should be out by September, like by the start of the season. Um, yeah, but um, I figure I'll I'll announce that on the air. Um, Whatever. So we start, uh, there's a lot to cover, um, and I think we're going to start with the most shocking news, which were the trades and uh, signings that happened the day, the two days before uh, free agency, 
I think it was either, was it Wednesday or t- Thursday? I believe it was Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, on Wednesday, like, three big news stories, trades, acquisitions, um, happened within the span of, like, 30 minutes, um, and shook the hockey world by its core, um, so, uh, let's start with the most shocking one, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, um, it's, uh, so the, uh, this is an interesting trade. I guess I can take give my take first. Um, at, at first, I was like, this is a crazy trade. I'm still like that in a sense. I, I feel like Edmonton, there's like, it's it's almost impossible for Edmonton to win this trade. Unless, I guess, Taylor Hall somehow combusts in New Jersey. Um, Either that or Adam Larson becomes Eric Carlson for five seasons. Right, right. Um, and both aren't likely to happen, but, however, I did some reading on it, because I, like, I've, like, heard of Adam Larson, but I haven't, like, you know, I haven't really watched that many Devils games to be, like, oh, yeah, this guy's good, this guy's gonna be a good player, but, uh, so I was reading, and he's, like, a, he was, a he had a bad couple of years to start his career, um, and then once DeBoer went out, uh, he like he did really well with um, Hines this past season, especially in the second half. However, having said that, Taylor Hall is probably the best left winger in the game. Um, um, I guess except for like Jamie Ben and Ovechkin, I'm sure I'm missing other left wingers who you could say uh, Taylor Hall is better than, but uh, not better than, but um. Yeah, but those, uh, but, so you don't trade Taylor Hall for someone who might be really good. Um, and I think, I think that's the thing that they fell short. Like, at least get, like, maybe, like, a draft pick for next year. Like, at least get one more person for, uh, for this trade to make sense. It is questioning when you, like, look at, like, oh, Peter Torelli is the GM, and this is a guy that I know who, like, won a Stanley Cup, so it's hard to criticize him, but at the same time, um, I feel like he could have gotten more, um, and speaking of that, uh, there was a statistic that the top six who were drafted in the 2010 draft have been traded, um, and three of them were, uh, traded by Torelli. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll spoil uh, those three players: Brett Connolly, yeah. um, Tyler well, Sagan, yeah, and now Taylor Hall, uh, Nino Niederreiter, Ryan Johansson, and Erica Branson um, were a few of the other names. And it's funny because Johansson and Branson were all traded this year, right? Um, and and by the way, Taylor Hall, um, he was the Oilers' first ever first overall pick. Um, even though they've had a bunch of them right. over the past couple of years. Uh, also, um, also, watch out Jeff Skinner, because he's the seventh on the 2010. <laughs> right, well, sorry, to, go to, be, to be fair, Jack Campbell was taken 11th overall, and he was traded uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, right, right, right. might be safe. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. I don't know who made this trade. If it was Ray Shero, he's a genius. If Shirelli started this or he accepted this offer, he better be praying that he doesn't have buyer's remorse in five right. to ten years. Because, like you said, on paper, the New Jersey Devils play the Edmonton Oilers like a violin. You know it's a lopsided trade when someone tries to make the exact same deal on NHL 16 and gets flat-out rejected. Yep. And you know it's a bad trade when someone sneaks into Adam Larson's Wikipedia page and writes that he's been traded along with two unicorns and a leprechaun for Taylor Hall. Um, mind you, was taken down shortly after that by a photographic proof at last check that it actually happened. So <laughs> if you want to see it for yourself, let me know. Um, my point is this. Even if Adam Larson turns out to be the defenseman that everyone is hoping he'd become, and, at, and it's pretty much close to the same point you're trying to make, it's nowhere close to the potential that Taylor Hall possesses. Yep. This is a guy who held the Windsor Spitfires, went back-to-back Memorial Cup titles, and one of his teammates was Adam Henrique, who coincidentally, plays for the New Jersey Devils and was drafted by them. And when a guy like Connor McDavid is stunned by the news that, uh, that Taylor Hall got traded after a debut season which saw him miss significant time with that collarbone injury, and he mentions Taylor Hall helping him through the ups and downs from day one, 
it makes you wonder how much they are losing in a 24-year-old who isn't the captain, but I think possesses the skills of a good leader. The Oilers need defense, yes, but they need leadership as well. And if they were going to trade a guy like Taylor Hall, they would need at least one or two more pieces and a guy like Adam Larson to get a deal done. And that is where they lost this deal. That was a straight-up one-for-one. And the fact that they waited this long to trade a guy like Taylor Hall for this kind of return is, in my opinion, embarrassing. Um, I mean, Larson's best year at the Devils. He got three goals and 24 points in 64 games. He was a plus two. Last year, he had 148 block shots. But Taylor Hall's best year with Edmonton, he scored 27 goals and 80 points in 75 games, and he's got 50-plus points in all but two of his uh, handful of NHL seasons to date. So, on paper, Taylor Hall is the better player. I'm sorry, Adam Larson, but he (laughs) is the better player in this trade. I believe uh, Chirelli's press conference, he said something to that effect. He was saying, like, yeah, right now it's not a fair trade, and it's probably not going to be a fair trade for a while. And then he said the reason why he did this was because the uh, was because he believes in Adam Larson, and he believes that they're you know that this guy is going to be the defenseman of the future for them. Um, and I think like in that and the fact that they got Lucic, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, yeah. you know, like obviously he's not a Taylor Hall guy, but he is, he, he is a, he will be like a good replacement for Taylor Hall, even though of course he's probably not going to score as much as him. But, um, so and, I think and, and with all those meetings with the yeah. Oilers brass, as soon as the Taylor Hall deal got done, I'm just like, okay, then they're yeah. probably going to get Lucic out of them. Um, and like you were saying that like, and the, the Oilers still have, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, uh, Jordan Emberly, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, the um, pool party. I'm blanking. Jesse Pugliarvi, who they just drafted. Jesse Pugliarvi. Yeah. So, and I think that played a role too. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And I think like so, I get it. Like if you're gonna tri- like if you're if you want a defenseman, you're gonna have to trade either you know Taylor Hall, Jordan Emberly. Or, like, Neil Yakupov or whatever. But, uh, so, like, if it was, like, Neil Yakupov or Leon Dreisaitl, straight up one-on-one, one-for-one yeah. with Adam Larson, yeah. then I could understand it a bit. It's still a little uneven, because, um, but, like, I, then I could be like, okay, so Neil Yakupov probably wanted a new environment, you know. Or Dreisaitl is, like, you know, you can't be the number one center on that team. Um, but, uh... But yeah, Taylor Hall is just a questionable move because I feel like you could have gotten better for that. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think there is another point. So, I mean, like, for the Oilers' sake, I hope I'm wrong, and I think you do too. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it doesn't look good um, from that perspective. And, I'm, and maybe the Oilers aren't done because I've heard that they're, like, they're... Uh, they're uh, thinking of trading for uh, uh, Tyson Berry. Um, so, um, uh, who knows what the return is for that? Yeah. If you're going to get a guy like Tyson Berry, probably Taylor Hall is going to be in the mix for, right. for those guys. But yeah, they just traded him away. Well, so. maybe, I, I, I would imagine, like, maybe uh, Everlay and one of Yakupov and Drysaddle are involved in that. But, um,. Although I don't know why the av- the Avs would want defense, right? So I don't know why they would want those forwards. Yeah, anyway. yeah. trading a defenseman uh, when you're already short on defense. You just traded Nick Holden to the yeah. New York Rangers, for crying out loud. Eh? And then you trade probably your best defenseman. Yeah, why, why would that make sense? Right, right. Um, I do remember, I don't know if you remember this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I think Shirelli even said that he wouldn't, this is a good segue, he wouldn't trade a de- for a defenseman unless it was P.K. Subban or Shea Weber. And little did he know that they both got traded um, a couple minutes later after he made this trade. Um, for each other. For each other, yes. Uh, so, um, 
Yeah, so P.K. Subban for Shea Weber, another one-for-one deal. Um, This is a, it's still a shocking trade because these both are faces of the franchise. And these, I don't think this has ever happened where, like, two, like, faces of the franchise have been traded for each other. I'm sure it has, but um, maybe, like, a Ryan Callahan, St. Louis type thing may be the equivalent, but... Um, I feel like Shea Weber and P.K. Subban mean more to their teams than Callahan and St. Louis did. But They also carry big contracts. And they both carry big contracts. That's the other thing, too, yeah. But, um, yeah, we were we were talking this off the air um, when we had this chat that you were... I mean, I get, I'll let you do that spiel with how P.K. Subban is a bad defense. My issue with it is more that... Um, See, we're going to try to be objective here. Um, so, my issue with it is, is that you trade a guy like P.K. Subban, uh, supposedly for character issues, yeah. um, and then you get a guy like Alexander Radulov, yeah. who has That's even insane. worse character issues, and let alone P.K. Subban donated $10 million to a children's hospital, like... Uh, I like I know that's like the favorite fact that everyone does, but like, like, and then they're saying like, oh, but he only cares about himself. It's like, but he donated like it's like, uh, it's stupid. Um, it does remind me of a Tyler Sagan trade, uh, where like they treated him for like a character issue. Um, I mean, I guess, and then also we were talking about this is that. Like, Shea Weber has been slipping lately. It's, like, people don't know this, but, like, Shea Weber had, like, one of his worst seasons this year, um, at least defensively. Um, well, he didn't... see, when, when your career worst is a minus seven, you know what, that that's not bad for a defense. Yeah, but it's he's only getting older. His contract is up when he's 40. Um, he's probably, he's not going to have to rely on Roman Yossi anymore yeah. um, and Ryan Suter. So, um, you know, and then he'll have the likes of, like, Markov and um, Emelin. An aging Andre Markov. Yeah, and not that those guys are bad either, but they're not Roman Yossi or Ryan Suter. Um, And uh, and also, so you get, so Nashville gets Subban for his prime years, pretty much. Yeah, he has raised his full potential. Yeah. And Weber, and they get, and the Canadians get Weber on his lat, like his, uh, the uh, last half of his career, um, and so, the, so not only is Weber going to be older, Subban is objectively better right now. Um, he's also, um, he's also on a cheaper contract and for shorter term. So. Um, so it's like a really good deal for Nashville, and um, like we were talking about how Ray Shiro is like a genius for pulling that other trade off. I feel like uh, David Pohl's a genius for this um, because he gets a younger guy um, for a better contract, um, who's who might be better. I think is going to be better in the long run. I mean, that's not to say that Shea Weber won't be like terrible. Um, for the Canadians, um, I think like he'll he'll probably be good for the next like maybe two to three years, but um, I think he's going to drastically sh- uh, shift off. After yeah, you, that. you, you meant uh, someone mentioned last week on the podcast that Brian Elliott was on the wrong side of thirty. I think it's kind of a similar case with Shane yeah. Weber in the sense that in mid-August he's going to be turning thirty-one years old, and as good as he is, Subban is a larger-than-life talent and quickly became a fan favorite and it's it's that character and you trade a character like Subban and you get a character like Radulov I mean say, say what you will about Subban and his character we don't know what the deal was that you know you know if there was any rift uh, how how far did it go what what right. caused the rift I feel like there's we more know, know, there's more exactly there than what, we know we know exactly kind of... what Radulov has done in the past yeah. like it's it's public knowledge right and and you're paying him. See, fortunately, they only signed him for one year. Yeah. 
That's the good news. They only sign him for one year, and they're wise. Oh, you're to talking about Radulov now. Okay. I wouldn't have given Radulov the time of day if it's for one year. Like, you see, you re- you remember there was this guy they signed for a one year deal named Alexander Semen. Yeah, how did that turn out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they uh, he didn't even last a full season. So, with Shea Weber, honestly, I think grooming the young defenseman is probably what they're hoping to get out of him. Yeah, that's a good helping point. Alexi Emlin, helping a guy like Mikhail Sergachev, who's probably going to be in the Canadiens lineup sooner rather than later. Nathan Bolio, guys like that, kind of mentoring them. The problem is, you know, if it takes three years to do that, to get them to play to their full potential, if Shea Weber's passed his full potential, that window of opportunity is closing shut. And then you got a guy like Harry Price, who is probably nearing the end of his prime. And Same with Pacioretty, too. Exactly. So again, it's it's a trickle down effect, and and yeah. I understand you know not missing the playoffs and and not having Carey Price there. I think that hindered Subban rightly or wrongly, and ultimately, I think that's what got him traded. Is they they got to see but, what the defense was like without Carey Price, and and unfortunately, a, a guy like Carey Price disguises a lot of those flaws. And what how much but, of that what's caused by Subban is the next question and we won't know the answer but if you look at the stats like PK Subban wasn't really affected like he was like the only Hab who is not really affected by Carey Price's injury like everyone else seemed to be going downhill but like Subban still put up enough enough numbers to uh you know be good um of course he got injured later in his career late in the season but um, he was still like he was still putting up numbers uh, to justify himself, but like it was just everyone else who wasn't doing it, who wasn't keeping up. And um, it's, it's yeah. just just the the way like he was on the the wrong end of the hot seat to, in Michelle Terrian's eyes. I remember that play. Yeah, that's Colorado the other thing. That you know, it, yeah. it, it, that led to the game winner. And yeah. I, re- I remember that was a big talking point after the game and a few days after that, too. And and, and those are, unfortunately, the plays that, that, you know, I guess people like management look at. And, and, and they and they over – and see, it, it's it's tough because you want to analyze, but you don't want to overanalyze. Yeah. And I'm almost wondering if they overanalyzed how crucial P.K. Subban was to their success. Yeah. And I think maybe they focused on – what he didn't do and right. what Shea Weber has done in Nashville. And again, the supporting cast, I think we're going to see how much of a role that supporting cast in Nashville has played in Shea Weber's success yeah. and how much of a, success, a factor it will play into P.K. Subban's future success, hopefully for him future success. Yeah. Um, and again, it's 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 all going to be based on these next couple of years, how, how these teams are going to play. And we can analyze all we want, but at the end of the day, we're not – we don't know how this trade's going to shape up until they play the games. And, and that's and that's the beauty of hockey. So I'm yeah. willing to give Mark Bergevin the benefit of the doubt. But in three years, if I see Nashville winning this trade by landslide, he's not looking very good. Well, that's the thing. I feel like um, I feel like Mark Bergevin uh, like put all his money on Michelle Therrien. Because I heard there, there was... Definite confirmed reports that Tarion didn't get along with Subban. So, ordinarily, you know, the GM would get rid of the coach because they wouldn't get along with their superstar defenseman. But instead, he kept the coach, who's not a great coach, by the way, um, and and traded away their their superstar defenseman. So, I feel like... um, So, I feel like... This is going to bite them in the butt. In the butt. Um, well, yeah, he, and he, it's all Bergevin's fault for yeah, keeping Tarion. And it's interesting because if you remember, it didn't get to this point. Yeah. But Mario Tremblay with Patrick Waugh, they traded Patrick Waugh. Right. Won a Stanley Cup with Colorado, yeah. and then in 01, he won a second one. Yeah. And Montreal was never the same team after that. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Uh, again, it, it's. If if uh, the player gets traded, don't don't be surprised if he's out uh, to prove yeah. a lot of people wrong. And yeah, I think PK exactly. He's got at least a few. It reminds me a lot like uh, Tyler Sagan getting traded to Dallas, and he was just on like a fu mode kind of thing. 
Yeah, um, and, and so, he was a pretty good and, player yeah. at that point, but now he's a very good player. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the, the same could happen to Subban. Um, and I feel like Nashville's a better team than uh, Dallas is right now. So um, I, I think, actually, Nashville, could, they're my early Stanley Cup uh, favorite for the Western mm-hmm. Conference. Um, but um, it will be a solid playoff threat. I don't know if I go that far, but I, again, I mean, yeah, they still have to off. they still have to worry about Pekka Rinier, but um, but I mean, they have the forwards and they have the defensemen, so I feel like um, they have a, what it takes. And they um, still have and they still have room uh, at last check on the cap floor to improve. So yeah, um. But yeah, my point is, is really it's just pe- it depends on Pecorine, um and what they do there. Um, all right, and then our last thing, which would have been the biggest story, but it turned out to be like the third biggest story of the day. Probably uh, would have been the biggest story if he went elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, Stamkos uh, resigned with Tampa uh, for eight years. I'm old on. I have the terms here. Um, the eight years, and I believe it wasn't a max deal, which is um, kind of shocking. Um, Sixty-eight million, so that's eight point five per year. Um, the Tampa also signed Hedman and Vasilevsky. That and those will sign uh, Vasilevsky for three years. And Hedman for eight years, and those will those contracts will start in 2017 to 2018. Um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, apparently Stamkos met with Toronto, Buffalo, and um, like Detroit. No, not to, to that was the shocking one because oh. um, Detroit wasn't even in the meeting. Um, it was Toronto, Buffalo, um, I'm blanking on the third one, but there, there was like a fourth mystery team. Um, this was, uh, by Pierre Lebrun. And then I think like after, after like meeting with these guys, oh, the Canadians. Um, so like after meeting those th- like four teams, he uh, he just called uh, um, he just called Geiserman and said, you know what? I'm just gonna I had it with these. I'm going eight years. You know, I'll do what you want. Um, eight years, which is kind of funny too when you think about it, because because those three teams probably are the ones that you know Stamkos shouldn't have signed with. And um, it would be it would have been interesting if they didn't trade PK Subban because yeah. him and Stamkos actually played. Right. In- that would have been there, like, yeah, that would have been there, like, yeah, no, that's what I was thinking, that's, like, their, like, that would be their, like, high selling point, it's, like, you get to play with PK, he's your, you know, you used to play with him, but, um, yeah, so they, um, but, uh, yeah, anyways, I guess you called it, I'll give you credit for that, you called it from the beginning. I don't know if I said the term on the podcast. I've written down eight point five million per year. Right, too. but you so did, you did, two, yeah, but you, I, you did, you did call it on the like he's you yeah. kept with the whole he's staying in Tampa um, yeah. thing. Yeah, like I, it was funny too because I remember Facebooking you saying like Stamkos has to be gone because like there's no way that like you know uh, he's going. Uh, you know, there's no way that Yeiserman would, like, he wouldn't wait this long before he signs with Tampa. It just wouldn't make sense. And then, like, the next hour, he signs with with uh, Tampa. So, um, so I was really wrong. But um, it's okay. Um, what, I, what I didn't expect is that they would get Victor Hadman. They wouldn't. They wouldn't even take any chances with all of this. Yeah. They just got him locked up. For yeah, maybe they That's learned. A smart move. That, yeah, maybe and they learned. to get Vasilevsky, too. It's on the same deal, Stamkos and Hedman. Uh, Hedman has eight years, 63 million. Stamkos has 68, eight years as well. But Vasilevsky has 10.5 for three years. It does make you wonder that maybe Bishop is going... Um, 
I also wonder maybe they're trying because they're worried about this expansion draft and they'll only have to keep Bishop or Vasilevsky and Vasilevsky is the goalie of the future. So maybe they will trade Bishop. Um, but I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, that's what all of this tells me because you got, you got your face of the franchise locked up. You got the backbone of your defense, backbone of your power play locked up. You got your goalie of the future locked up. Now the rest of the team starts to take shape. You've lost uh, guys like, Minor guys like Marchessault so to free agency, and 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 now basically it, it comes down to filling in the rest of the blanks, like guys like Ben Bishop and Jonathan Druin and Brian Callahan with the expansion draft on the rise. What do you do with those guys? Do you keep yeah. them around. Uh, Matt Carl, they bought out his contract. He was getting paid, I think it was five point five million last Something year. Like that, so, yeah. so that kind of alleviates some pressure on the cap. But again, can they afford to keep a guy like Druin and? And a guy like Ben Bishop with the expansion draft off the horizon. That's that. That's the big your question. And if the answer is to either or both of those questions is no, they need to find a suitor and they need to do so as possible. Because the longer they let these guys sit around, the lower their trade value gets. And you have your offensive, like like I said, you have the important guys locked up, and it's just the rest of the team that you have to figure out. Yeah. I think that's where most of the tough decisions are going to be made is what happens with the rest of the team. Yeah, that's a good point. I believe uh, Tyler Johnson is going to be an RFA next year. Same mm-hmm. with Palat. And uh, Druen's going to be an RFA. Also, Kudrov's an RFA right now. So um, so the triplets um, and Druen um, are still... Um, iffy on their future with the team but i have a feel i have a sense that maybe one of the triplets are going to um i wouldn't be surprised but um we'll yeah, see i think i think most likely it's probably going to be Palat. probably going to be Drew and I, I i like the chemistry of that triplet line and oh yeah yeah, yeah. i forgot you now that sam close is signed you while, you think Drew ends going while, while the sour grapes have been you know you know, no longer sour. I mean, you're cutting out, man. He wants to play. Out. Um, I still, it's still the fact that he was, he was on, on the topic of now I wouldn't be opposed to trading Jonathan Drew even today. So, um, I like what the triplets bring and they, and there's, they, they can use to sign all of them. It's just a matter of how much. <laughs> I'm most probably going to have to trade Jonathan Droid because um, I, I would think at least two thirds of the triplets are going to stay. I, I, I wouldn't even trade. I think of trading Nikita Kucherov. I think he's been probably one of their best players in Tyler yeah. Johnson's Tyler Johnson. So well, I think she either Pilat or Druin becomes at that point. Yeah, I think it's either Palat or Druen, uh, but I don't think Druen's going either. Um, I know you say that now that it's either Stamkos or Druen, and I think Druen's staying. Um, but you, you're you're more on the Druen line. You were a little in and out, but we did get what you mostly said on that. But uh, yeah, I think I think Tyler Johnson and Kucherov mean a lot to the team, and I think that was one of the reasons why Stamkos signed with Tampa because he's just like. Oh, we actually can do this, and I want to see this through because we have guys like Tyler Johnson and Kucherov, um, Andrew, and so maybe I think Palat is gone, um, but it could be Drew, and I guess um, you're you've you've been right before with this. Um, all right, let's get to the rapid fire. Uh, I guess this could really be like the uh, another headline that we do, but. Um, whatever, it's fine. Um, we're gonna, we, we don't want to talk about all the free agents here, but I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about the big ones, and then we'll, we'll just talk about who won, who lost, kind of deal. Um, so, uh, let's start with Lucic. Um, he went to Edmonton, you know, his former team is LA. Uh, he's 28 years old. We all have this Excel sheet, by the way, that we both did, so we have... Uh, this kind of like big thing, uh, but anyways, he had seven years, forty-two million, um, six AAV or six 
that's six million per year. Um, and uh, this is an interesting. Uh, we talked about this when we were talking about Taylor Hall. It's like it is a replacement for Taylor Hall. Um, I don't think he's he's expected to be as good as Taylor Hall, but he is like he is an added physical force, and he's he's probably going to be like a bodyguard to all the. Uh, young forwards that they have, like McDavid and um, Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl and Pul-Pul-Urv. And he also can score, too. Um, as a Bruins fan, I remember his last year in Boston where he was on a line with Spooner and uh, David Pasternak. And, like, you know, David Pasternak and uh, Spooner could just do their own thing while Lucic was, like, the intimidating factor there. So I think that's why Chirelli, um, got brought him over, um, just to be that, like, bodyguard for McDavid. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I think this is a good move. Obviously, it's no Taylor Hall, but I think it's, like, a, it's a good, uh, it's a good move. Um, Yeah. Again, everyone gets paid, overpaid in free agency. Yeah. I think a lot of people believe that. But Yeah, he's definitely again, overpaid. I can agree with that. He brings a different breed of hockey. Again, a good yeah. blend of offensive ability and physicality. He's, physicality a, he's your po- power forward. They need more sandpaper. They need more grit in their lineup. Yeah. Not a bunch of skilled guys that can just deke around you. Yeah. So I, I think the presence of Lucic is going to help as to whether or not it's going to hurt them financially when they have to assign all those young guys down the road. Oh, they can probably deal with that in three to four years. <laughs> yeah. That's Raleigh's problem. But for now, it, I think it's a good sign. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, I think they'll have to worry about it, the contract later. Um, but yeah, he's definitely not what he was like in Boston his early years. But, um, you know, it's still a good contract. And he, he had a pretty good year in L.A. too, so um, we'll see. And, uh, and they're also wise to get to one of... Uh, another another former Bruin to ba- uh, to help with Cam Talbot in, in a backup role. That's huge. Uh, yeah, in uh, Jonas Gustafsson. Although yeah. Gustafsson wasn't under Chirelli when he was there. But yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good point. One, one year deal, it, it, it helps him short term. Yeah. Um, Kyle Ocposo, uh he left the Islanders and he is now on Buffalo. He goes, he's still in the same state. But um, he's now upstate. Uh, he's 28 years old. He's a winger. Uh, seven years, six million. So same deal as Lucic did. Got. Um, I I'm a little bit more questionable on this one because I feel like we don't know exactly how Ocposo is going to be without um, Tavares on his line. I mean, of course, like he's probably going to be playing with Ryan O'Reilly yeah. or Jack Eichel. And those guys aren't slashes either, but they're no Tavares, so I don't know if he can like create his own, you know, place, um, kind of thing. Like uh, um, he can be his own thing. So I think this might be a little bit much, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm a, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say I want the, I wanted Boston to get this guy. So. I was thinking um, Toronto with a guy like Austin Matthews just yeah. coming into the fold. I thought he would be an excellent fit in Toronto. Then again, they just traded Bill Kessler. Yeah. So, probably wouldn't <laughs> well, make sense. I mean, yeah, and Buffalo's on the rise, up and rise. So, I mean, he, he will be like, you know, they have Vander Kane. Apparently, he's he's yeah, getting he, in he some trouble. trouble have yeah, Kane, so yeah. he's like, he might be like a replacement for uh, Vander Kane if Vander Kane goes. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, well, uh, I, I guess this is a good sign, although I'm just a little, I'm a little iffy on it, I think. Um, I feel like it was a yeah, little too I mean, much. You, you look at a, you look at a guy like Matt Molson, yeah. um, who, who had some pretty good numbers in the, with the New York Islanders and he hasn't lived up to those kind of numbers at all since he's left Long Island. Right. So you're kind of wondering, is he going to be another Matt Molson, or is he legit a 30-goal scorer every year? Right, exactly. Um, so uh, Andrew Ladd um, is the guy who's supposedly going to replace uh, Ocposo. And that's um, a good signing for yeah. the Islanders. I love that signing. Yeah, it's a good signing. It's seven years, uh, $5.5 million, So just a little bit less than Ocposo got. But... Um, 
but he's probably going to be replacing Akposo in the uh, Islander lineup. Um, yeah, he's he's also two years older than Akposo, so um, this is going to sound familiar because what we're going to be talking about Bacchus and Erickson a little bit later. But um, I think, uh, yeah, the uh, I guess this is a, a this is also a questionable move too because he's kind of. This past season, he's been off, but at the same time, he does bring that leadership, that like uh, that attribute that doesn't really, you know, show in the stats. But um, I don't know. I'm still, I, I'm still a questionable move because I don't. I think they're gonna. I feel like the Islanders are gonna miss Ocposo. I don't know if Lad will be is that guy. Well, he's also won two Stanley Cups in his career, yeah. and they're hoping that his playoff experience can help. He's also served as captain of the Winnipeg Jets, so he provides that leadership ability too. And that's that's why I like Andrew Ladd uh, as as well. Like, yeah, he's two years older than Nick Poso, but those two years where he won a Stanley Cup, as opposed to Nick Poso, who yeah. um, who him and the Islanders they've only made it out of round. But one like, once. what did he what did he really do on those Stanley Cup teams? He was yeah, like the third liner, you know. And that's, like, that's the other thing. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I know he was the captain on Winnipeg, and uh, he's just, I don't think he's, I feel like he's a bit overrated, um, so, and I, I don't know if I like him being, getting not, seven years. I'm not but. really saying that he's better than Kyle Poso, but it's a, about as decent a replacement for Kyle Poso as you're going to get. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess you're right. In terms of what was on the market, I mean, I guess they could have gotten Erickson or Lucic, but um, yeah, I guess. And you also you also had a guy like PA Parento and Shane Prince. I mean, Shane Shane Prince. It'll be interesting to see what he's made of now. Yeah. Uh, with a spot up for grabs and PA Parento, he had his best year in Long Island as well. Yeah, Parento so was is a good pick too. Those, yeah. those could be two very underrated signings. Okay, um, so we're. I mean. We do have a Bruins Sedden segment, but we will. It is a big story, so we will talk about these two na- next. Yeah. Um, but uh, so David Backus uh, is signed with Boston. Uh, he's thirty-two years old. He's a center. Um, five years for thirty million, so that's six per year. Um, I just. I, I, I'm debating if I should uh, go on this right now or later. I guess I'll go right now. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love David Backus. Um, but I feel like um, he is 32 years old. Um, I feel like we're going to regret, the Bruins are going to regret this um, contract in like, three years um, when he's, like, 35 um, and not as good. Um, and, I mean, he, and then also, he's a center. Um, and reportedly, he's going to, he's not going to change his wing. Um, he did play right wing in his last year at St. Louis. Um, it would be cool, like, to see him on, the like, the same wing as Krejci. But at the same time, if they're if they're going to do three centers, that's I guess that's cool. But I think either Krejci or Spooner are going to be traded for a defenseman because Boston hasn't addressed that yet, um, and I think they're going to. Um, so now I'm like scared on what the return will be um, because I think Spooner, either Spooner or Krejci, are gone. But having said that, I think Backus does fit that Bruins mold. More than Louie did, but at the same time, I feel like you could have seen what Louie got, which is basically the same, he's just an extra year. Mm. Um, I feel like we should have just kept with Louie um, instead of gotten this guy who's like the quote-unquote Bruin guy. Um, so I'm, I'm willing to, to I'm, I'm still like a little optimistic about it, but... I feel like uh, we should have, you know, spent that money maybe on a defenseman, maybe, um, maybe on Demirs. I don't know, maybe. But uh, um, I guess I'll be excited. I think he's going to be one of those 
if if he secedes, he's going to be one of those guys that like Bruins fans will be like, hurrah, kind of for. Um, but we'll like, I don't know. A lot of these deals are hit and miss, to be yeah, honest. That's um, true. It, you're, you're right. If he produces um, and age doesn't catch up with them, I love the Sunny if I'm the yeah. Bruins, and I hate it if I'm any team in their division, like Ottawa. <laughs> um, but I, I love this signing for Boston. On paper, I love this Yeah, signing. and it's they, cool. They get some of their yeah. identity back. Yeah, they do get their identity back, but. I feel like I don't know if that's a good thing. I feel like, yeah, I feel like spe- speed I mean, is controlling. Age is a factor too. I mean, yeah, and age is a factor when too. When you're trying to get younger, right? Yeah, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but I feel like, I feel like the league has been is more about speed than about grit and toughness. And like, sure, like you know, guys like Lucic and and Bacchus are like still valued, and Corey Perry is another guy, but like, it's still, I feel like. Like, you know, look at the Penguins. You know, they won basically because they were faster than every team. So I feel like you should get more speed-like um, than than this. Having said that, I do, I think, like, the PK with with uh, Bacchus, Bergeron, and Marchand um, is, uh, is a killer line. So um, our PK is even better than it was last year. So, and that I, I look forward I, to. It, it, it was, was it the PK or the power play that was lagging? Or were both good last year? Um, no, there was our, an aspect of their game that yeah, was... Yeah, well, our PK used to be pretty bad, um, but then it got better. Um, but, like, you, you know, back when we were really good, um, our PK was, like, usually, like, the best in, like, league. But now it's, like, because now Bacchus is known for, like, being really good on the PK. So, in that sense, I think it's also, like, I did mention the Penguins. It's, like, it's kind of, like, I do hope they keep Krejci because um, because you have Bergeron, Krejci, and Bacchus. And if Bacchus is your third-line center, um, you know, like, the more depth, that's, like, that's, like, amazing. Um, I just, I, I think Krejci is gone, though, but, um, because I think yeah, that's the that's, only way we'll get, like, a Shattenkirk or a Fowler, but, yeah. um, and that's, that's, that's yeah. the danger, if, if signing a guy like Bacchus means you lose a guy like Krejci and Bergeron, then I can see that deal kind of blowing up in your face a little bit. Yeah, there. exactly, but, I mean, it, it would be worth it, it would be worth it if we can trade it would be worth it if we can get a guy like Shattenkirk for Krejci. But, um, but yeah, for now, we'll see. I mean, it is a cool lineup. It's a cool... I guess it's an interesting move. I didn't expect it purely. I don't know if you did either, but... Um, let's talk, let's go to Louis Erickson. Um, he, uh, he goes to Vancouver. I did talk about the same kind of terms. He's 30 years old. Um... He's signed for six years um, and got six million per year. Um, I do love Louis Erickson, so I I will miss him. Um, Vancouver is an odd choice, though. I feel like because I feel like they're still in like a rebuild. Uh, so I don't know if like if he wanted to. I thought he left. He was going to leave Boston to go to like a team that's in even better shape. Um, and I feel like Vancouver and Boston are kind of in the same, um, you know, same they're, shape. They're an identity crisis where you don't know what they are. Exactly. And I mean, like, it would be cool to see them, see him on the sitting line. And maybe that was a big factor for him. But uh, it is an interesting move that he is in Vancouver because, I don't know, I don't see them as a, as a contender, but they do get better. Um, but yeah, I don't know if, I feel like Vancouver is still, still has some pieces to go through, um, for it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what do you, what do you say? Well, we, we talked about it in the episode last week, and I wasn't the only one who's, who, who said this. Vancouver's going to overpay to get Louis Earhart. Yeah, and, you did uh, say that, 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 was probably, that was probably the most Captain Obvious prediction we yeah. could have, uh, we could have compiled, but. 
Uh, yeah, it, it happened. Um, as to whether or not they overpaid for him, well, I, I guess. I don't I guess know if they overpaid depends, for him. It all depends on what kind of version of Louis Erickson you're going to get. That's but. true. Yeah, it's funny because he he does seem to be like underrated, and then and then to the point where like people everyone says he's underrated, so now he's overrated. But he was pretty good for Boston. Um, you're going to get a lot of, when he's healthy, you're going to get a lot of, like, to the net. Like, he's like he's like your own power forward. He's not, like, he's quote-unquote soft, but he does, a lot of his goals are, like, like right at the net. So, um, for any of those Vancouver fans that are listening, that's my scouting report. But, yeah, um, yeah, It'll I be mean, interesting if 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 they ever decide to trade both of the Sedins, because I doubt they'll just trade one and keep the other. They're probably right, for a rebuild, a package yeah. deal. If they go into a full out rebuild, he's probably going with them because yeah, um, if the rebuild, you you know it's going to be rebuild in Vancouver. The Sedins. Yeah, I think I think honestly, I think the the Vancouver should rebuild now. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to in at least another like three years. Which is kind of weird, <laughs> but yeah. Um, considering Miller's got one year left on his deal, I highly doubt they bring him back. I, I think the rebuild's coming more more sooner than we think. Yeah, uh, but if they Remember really it. want to rebuild, the Sedins are going. Yeah, exactly. That's the only way you fool. That's like the that's the start of the rebuild. Yeah, that's um, yeah. gonna be the official start of the rebuild is when they get yep. moved. Um, so I don't know how long of a mainstay Louis Erickson's gonna be there. Um. Right now, he fills up a roster spot, but again, a team that's struggling to find their identity, um, they're still. I think they're still going to be tough times ahead if you're a Canucks fan. Yeah, um, Franz Nielsen. Um, we didn't really talk about this last week, but I thought we should include it because he is supposedly going to be the replacement to Pavel Datsuk. Um, so he also leaves the Islanders. He's going to Detroit. He's a center. Um, he got six years, thirty-one million. That's five point two five per year. I actually like this for Detroit. Yeah. I think he's gonna be a. He's like one of. He's low key a really good uh, defensive forward, uh, two way forward. So I think um, he, if he, uh, if he does do well, I think he's. Uh, you know, if he does secede in Detroit, he could be a good pr- replacement for Datsuk. Obviously. That's like tough shoes to fill. So I don't think he's gonna like be like like a the next Datsuk, but I think he will be a good replacement for him. And they also got Thomas Vanek on a one year deal too, yep. which automatically means to me that Brad Richards they're not gonna keep him around. Yeah. Well I think we knew that, but yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, now, now I think it's now, now I think it's more concrete, and they also yeah. kept around a couple uh, of their guys that signed them to one of them to a long term deal, Darren Helm, for five years. Yeah. Uh, what's also interesting is that they signed Steve Ott. Uh, I, they don't usually sign guys like Steve Ott, right? So uh, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it was an odd that experiment works out, even though it's just for like one year. Um, yeah, that, that that move kind of caught me by surprise. I, Detroit's not a team that fights. Yeah, they don't usually go. They usually don't get a lot of like free agents. I feel like, but now with the salary cap era, I know that they used to be always like the big spenders before the salary cap. But I, I think they've kind of calmed. But now they're you know they're making moves. Um, I feel like they still, like a lot of teams, they still need to work on their defense, but, um, Yeah, whatever. they tried to do that with Mike Green last year. Maybe their hope is that he can still be yeah. that guy. Uh, Marchenko, assigning him, um, although it doesn't say for how long and for how much, they re-signed, uh, Marchenko, one of their young defensemen, he's 24 years old. Uh, so it seems on paper they have. I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but, mm. um, they're pretty young on defense, um, you know, experience factor. It's uh, probably not nearly what it was um, a handful of years ago. Um, obviously, you know, having Nick Lindstrom way back when helps yeah. that. Um, but uh, you're, you're right, defensive plays is still their big question mark. And I guess their hope is that Mike Green can still be that guy. Yeah, um, we'll see. 
But, uh, you know, there's still a lot of free agent defensemen out there that, you know, could be plug-ins, could, could make a silent difference. But Jason Demers prob- probably, you know, he's, he's one of those underrated defensemen that I think really could help make an impact. And yeah, we're, we're, we're about, about to talk about to him. I'm shocked they didn't make a pitch for him. And, and yeah. may- maybe they didn't, it just wasn't enough. But. Speaking of Jason Demers, that's the next guy we're talking about. Um, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he's now in Florida. So Florida now has Ekblad, uh, Yandel, and Demers. Um, I, th- I was hoping that Boston would pick him up because I feel like this guy's the best defenseman on the market, but he ends up going to Florida. He's the best defensive defenseman on the market, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's 28 years old, uh, five years, $4.5 million. I'm now, like, envious of Florida because now they have all the good defensemen. Um, although Yandel... Is still a question mark, but uh, we'll talk about Ekblad in a minute. But um, and they they also added depth and goal, like getting yeah. James Reimer to a five year deal when you have Roberto Luongo still yeah. locked up to that long term deal. That's yeah. an interesting move to me. I um I actually apparently Luongo is uh he's apparently they announced that Luongo's getting surgery and he won't be available at the beginning of the season. So I think that's why they got a guy like Reimer. Probably um, at three point four million as well. That's yeah, probably um, as well. But yeah, and yeah. the fact that Luongo is getting older, the fact you have a guy like James Reimer ready and willing to back him up too—that's that's huge. I mean, yeah. I think he does a better job of that. Like Alan Torres, Alan Torres, pretty decent, but James Reimer, I think, is is a very capable backup in the NHL. Yeah, Montoya wasn't bad, but yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think Reimer is better. Yeah, I think Grimer's got the mileage yeah. that I think can handle it more. Um, but yeah, I, so Demers, I was surprised that Demers went to Florida. I thought, I heard that he was meeting in, with Edmonton, so I thought he was going to go to Edmonton maybe. I was hoping Boston would get him. I thought maybe, I don't know, um, maybe one of those teams would get him. But especially when Florida got like Yandel um, and signed Ekblad to a big contract, I thought, that meant, okay, maybe Demers is going somewhere else because why would Florida need extra defensemen? But, of course, yeah, everyone you know, wants extra defensemen. So. You go from your top three of Ekblad, Kulikov, and Branson to Ekblad, Yandel, and Demers. Oh, yeah, that is a good that's, point because they didn't have not, Kulikov. That's not a bad upgrade, I must say. On paper, Good-Branson. that's not a bad upgrade. Yeah, I forgot about the Kulikov and Good Branson that they don't have anymore. So that's probably yeah, why they got Yandel and Demers. They probably would be even better if they managed to keep Kulikov. But yeah, that's true. The way they're signing guys, I don't think they would have enough money. To, to <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So speaking of Ekblad, he. So now we're off. Oh wait, we're doing um, winners and losers, and then I guess we'll talk about the resignings. Um, so. I don't know. Do you want to go first? All right. Um, Let's go with the winners first. Well, I don't know if they're winners long-term, but Florida, they've yet to re-sign one of their key trade deadline acquisitions, uh, Yuri Hoodler. But they spend like crazy trying to upgrade their back end. As we mentioned, Jason Demers seems like a solid fit. James Reimer is going to do a great job, I feel, in providing support to a guy like Roberto Longo, who isn't getting any younger. But all their free agent moves could come back to haunt them in the near future, especially with Huberto needing a fresh contract uh, in the not-too-distant future. I thought Calgary's decision to sign Troy Brower was a wise move, maybe not at the price he signed, they signed him for, but a wise move nonetheless. I think he provides a lot more grit to a very young and skilled team. Um, like we mentioned, the Bruins regained some of their identity back. St. Louis and Montreal lost a ton of their character. I think they'd be the ultimate losers. I mean... Yeah. Montreal trades PK as we mentioned, then they get Radulov for one year. Um, I'd rather PK hog in the spotlight to be honest than a guy like Radulov. Um, the Blues they keep Jake Allen, they added Carter Hutton, they re-signed uh, some of their depth guys. Uh, they also got David Perron, which is interesting for two years uh, after trading him to Edmonton for uh, Magnus Pajarvi. Um But. They lost David Backus. That's a huge part of their character, in my opinion. I think they have lost a lot of their identity. And Brower. And I, think, I think they've taken a step back. Troy Brower, too, exactly. Um, I, and that Those decisions to let guys like Backus and Brower walk, I think that's going to be um, yeah. a huge, huge problem for them down the line. Um, the Islanders, uh, 
they, they can be they can be some dark horses. The most interesting sign for me is David Schlemko going to San Jose for four years at uh, just over two million a year. Uh, the way he played in New Jersey was very very good. I just didn't expect him to get that kind of a that contract kind of money for that kind of term. Well, it is uh, two. He is two million per year, so it's not that bad. But yeah. It's not that now they also got they also got Bacher at four years yeah. sixteen million. That's also interesting. Yeah. Um, just just looking at. Uh, oh, I uh, I was gonna say uh, Anaheim didn't make really any moves. Well, that was surprising to me. I thought they would make some at least some move. Yeah. Um. Well, yet, but I I, yeah. I think I think they're still gonna be the the Rangers. I thought like I mean I know they are they're in a cap hell right now, but I thought they would make more moves. I, I, Grabner's okay, could be something, but I thought the Rangers could would be doing something else. Philly was an interesting choice, because they had uh, Dale Weiss. I don't know, I mean, I guess that is a bit of their identity, as you were mentioning before, but I don't know. I feel like that's, that, that's their only move. Like, what? <laughs> um, and then... Um, yeah, I who, think... Who got Dale Weiss in? Philly. Okay, right. What? What? You no, make no, it... No. I, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought you said St. Louis for some reason. Uh, I, I, thought, I thought you were like, you were mocking no, no, no. me or something. No, yeah, like, yeah. Dale, like you were saying like, like wait. Yeah, that's a character. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he is like, like, he is like a, I guess he is a Philly guy, but I feel like, I don't know, he's not that good. <laughs> um, so maybe... He, uh, I don't know, they should have, I feel like they should have gotten more than just that guy. The acquisitions of Grabner and Derby on the Rangers are interesting because yeah. they, they all bring that kind of speed. And Grabner, the, yeah. the thing the thing I think that people are sorry on Grabner for is that he was getting paid $5 million a year in Toronto. Yeah. Now he's getting paid $1.6 million over two years with the Rangers. Yeah. And you look at guys like Kreider, who's an RFA, and they need to re-sign. That's probably the biggest chore for the Rangers is keeping the guys that they that yeah. they have right now Mikhail Grabner and Chris Kreider on that team I, I think they're really going to compete uh, with Pittsburgh in the as far as um the, the skating competition okay. goes. so I guess you do like those moves right. Grabner brings a lot of speed I think I agree I think Grabner is is a good move um but I don't know about like Ger- I didn't even realize Gerby was still in the league um and Glendening I don't know I feel like I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not too thrilled with those moves. Defensively, I don't know what Colorado and Chicago are doing, really. Um, I, I really don't. I think Campbell might be a good move. Um, wait, what was the other team you said? Chicago and... Chicago and Colorado. I mean, Colorado, yeah. Kosh, eh. Well, Boston, Boston, I don't know what they're doing with their defense. I mean, I guess they did re-sign Krug and Lyles, but... Um, they should be getting another guy too, but yeah, what you're right. What did was interesting as well. Stefaniak yeah. and Stahlberg; those aren't too bad. Uh, signs, those aren't too bad either. For the fact yeah, Stefaniak's only for two years, and Stahlberg's only for and, one. And uh, Hamus to Dallas—that should be an interesting one for D. Yeah, now that now that they've lost Jason Demers, it'll be interesting to see who else they get because I don't think yeah. you just get a, a guy right. like Dan Hamus. And then, um, if we're talking about losers, I feel like. The Islanders got worse because they lost Akposa, they lost Franz Nielsen, and but they gained Shamira. Oh, and Matt Martin. Um, but see, they gained Shamira the and Lad. I feel like those is, guys aren't as good. How much of a hit parade stats are um, are are pretty much Matt Martin all by himself, and how much does yeah. it have to do with Cal Clutterbuck on that team? That's that's the thing I want. That's to a know, good point that's too. What find out yeah, I guess Cal Clutterbuck is. Good, like is another guy like a Matt Martin, so they they don't lose too much because of him. But I feel like they're gonna miss Ocposo and Franz Nielsen more. Um, and I don't know if Ladd and Chimera are those guys. Um, really, it, it, what's interesting about what Toronto did too is they got Roman Polak back. Remember, yeah. remember when they got Daniel Winnick, then they traded him, then they reacquired him, and then they traded him yeah. to a uh, to um. Pittsburgh's rival, the Washington Capitals. <laughs> Something almost tells me that they're going to trade Roman Polak again later in the season to another California team that San Jose doesn't like. Yeah, I, I just feel that's going to happen. Um, what, what's what's also interesting here? Um, 
New Jersey, Ben Lovejoy, um, Vernon Fed, uh, Vernon Fiddler, Dante Devontae. We're basically Smith, going over everyone, even though we yeah. said that we weren't but going it, to. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just that I really find interesting what New Jersey did. One of those yeah. silent signings that could make a big difference, and they made a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, the Minnesota. Was, oh yeah. Yeah. We, Minnesota. We forgot to mention Eric Stahl's going to Minnesota. You're yeah. right. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting move. I, I was surprised that he got three years even. I thought maybe like two years because... I think at that price, it's a good gamble. It is a good gamble. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll see. And Chris Stewart is resigned. Staylock is, there, I guess, their backup. So I guess that's an interesting move. Um, I guess we should get going, though. Uh, we basically covered every team. Um, also, we did discuss this before, I think... Detroit and Montreal are losers. Um, but yeah, I agree that Montreal is. I'm not so sure about Detroit, uh, but uh, Montreal and St. Louis. Are I, I only include Detroit just because they haven't addressed their defense, but okay. So having a lot of teams, so like the Bruins. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, all right. Yeah. We. I guess. Do, do we? Should we talk about Ekblad, Forsberg, and Shaw deal? Um, yeah. And- also, Trocheck, who apparently oh, yeah, Trocek. tweeted that he also resigned with Florida. Yeah, so I guess Ekblad resigned. It's 